0: And hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast talking about politics and talking about education. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And school is out or getting out across the state and vacations are beginning for most people, but uh, you, you jumped the gun, Clark, you went on your vacation. We've heard about it before, now we get to hear about the aftermath of it.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was lucky enough to spend a week scuba diving uh, in the Cayman Islands. I had just an awesome time. My whole family got certified down there 18 years ago. And uh, I, I like, uh, whenever I get a chance, not too often, but I do like to, to keep up with my scuba skills. And it was really cool. For the first time in almost 15 years, I went diving with my both my mom and my dad while we were down there. Uh, my dad has kept up with it, and I've kept up with it. Uh, but my brother and my mom really haven't, but to get out there with uh, mom and dad in the water and kind of lead them on a dive was a really cool thing and really exciting for me, and uh, I did want to circle back. I did get to see some sharks. I had mentioned that uh, before I left. I got to see two smaller sharks uh, some nurse sharks there in the Cayman Islands, and uh, the big ones uh, eluded me. I wasn't able to see the big ones this time, but it was really cool. I got to see a lot of sharks, and, or two sharks, got to see a lot of sea turtles and some other very, very cool stuff. Uh, so it was a great vacation, and, uh, you know, and super excited. You're, you're back,
0: you're intact. I mean, you can see a, a huge shark, so... No, and, and the, the podcast sharks, doesn't need a bigger boat. <laughs> the podcast like
1: does that. not need a bigger boat, and the sharks were, you know, way less intimidating than the bulls in Spain last year. So uh, everything was good and, and made it back uh, in, in one piece. So happy to report that. But I, I get back, and you're immediately, guys, are sending me out on assignment to the Republican State Convention. Uh, right? Let's
0: set well, this up a little. Well, bit. Well, some would say that you're uniquely qualified now that you've, uh, you know, gotten out of. Uh swimming with sharks but yeah <laughs> okay so you were there two years ago they're, they're coming back uh this convention you know the the theme is what is what again what, what are we what are all the f's here um... family
1: faith freedom and firearms is, is the uh, faith so going with the uh, alliteration there for the uh, convention theme
0: and i mean and, and two years ago i mean you could have added you know fracas, right. free for all, fiasco, any number of F words to uh, to describe <laughs> the, the proceedings. What will it be like this
1: time? I think that, so just to back up, 2014, I was up there in Moscow the last time the Republicans had a convention, and it was marred by infighting and procedural wrangling to the point where there were wide, large-scale disagreements. The only real business that got accomplished was some of the Republican delegates were successful in kicking out other Republican delegates, but they didn't get through their agenda. They did not update the party platform, adopt resolutions. They didn't have the votes on on their slate of leadership officers. And so that's kind of the function of the convention, Kevin, is to get geared up for these elections, both at the state level and nationally, come November, to unify the party, to set out an agenda for the next Two years that did not happen in two thousand fourteen. It was a very visible black eye for the Republican Party. But then, did it end up hurting them at election time? They didn't, no, they didn't lose any statewide races. Didn't part. lose any statewide races. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, the, uh, it, it is certainly reflective of uh, disagreements within the Republican Party. But so this year. I talked to some of the folks that are going to be out there, Um, in fact one of the national committeemen that represents Idaho, Damon Watkins, I've, I've known him since my days in Idaho Falls, and he thinks, he knows that there's going to be extra scrutiny, extra eyes on this year's convention because of what happened in 2014, but it sounds like they're making a concerted effort to be more thoughtful about the process, to be a little bit more transparent, uh, to give more time to the committees and the different groups to work out their business. So I think they are sensitive to what happened two years ago, and I think they're trying to you know, definitely have this be more of a unifying convention to a- avoid some of the bad press and bad headlines that they got. And so we will see uh, when we get there, how,
0: how it goes um, But and, and one of the things you're going to follow is the platform. I mean Assuming that the Republicans approve a platform this time around right the platform is kind of a statement of principles uh, among party delegates and on education. This is a, a Document that will give a, a sense of the party on anything from school choice to pre-k to, uh, to any number of education topics.
1: Absolutely, and interestingly, since the platform has not been updated since 2012, we don't see anything in the platform about Common Core, right. about the SBAC. It wasn't an issue. Uh, it, to a great degree, it hasn't been around. Then I talked to uh, a couple party officials. Also, they're not releasing the proposed platform planks in advance of the convention. They probably are to delegates, but not to me, not to the public. And so I don't know what's in store in terms of changes to education. That's one thing. This convention runs Thursday through Saturday. Uh, I'm heading out there. uh, Friday will be my first day there. Uh, And so I'm curious to see what kind of movement we will have in education. Like you said, they do address things like school choice, early childhood learning. That's where you get the statement that the Republicans believe that uh, early childhood responsibilities are left best with uh, parents and uh, the community as opposed to the state's public school system. So it'll be interesting to see if they do have some new proposals on education because those are the types of things that we do tend to see a year or two down the road come up during legislative sessions, right, Kevin? Right. So, and watch IdahoEdNews.org
0: through the weekend
1: to get coverage of the convention. Also, send out some tweets at Idaho Ed News on Twitter. Uh, but speaking of the Republican Party and, and, and our governor, you had a chance to hear Governor Otter address the business community the other day,
0: Kevin. What were what were some of the things on the governor's mind? Well, um, in some ways, I guess this speech, which he does every summer with the uh, Boise Chamber of Commerce, uh, amounts to kind of a mid year. Uh, update. It's sort of uh, you know, it, it sort of dovetails from the state of the state address in January. And w- what he talked about, not a whole lot of new ground covered. A lot of uh, discussion of some familiar education topics we've heard about. A recap of everything from the, the literacy initiative that passed this year, to uh, to discussion of uh, that sixty percent. Uh, Completion rate that we've written about a lot that is a very ambitious and maybe unattainable number. Uh, The governor tried to put this whole issue into some sort of a numerical perspective that I hadn't heard, and I found the numbers a little bit interesting. Right right now, we're sitting with about a 3.7% unemployment rate, and it's dropped. And that means that there are about 28,500 Idahoans who are looking for work. Uh, What the governor said is that at the same time, you've got employers that have 22,000 jobs that they can't fill because they can't find the talent to fill the position. So, so we've got this gap. What does right. that mean? Well, and, and where he was going with this is talking about how this uh, underscores the need to, to work on education in terms of uh, workforce development, uh, career technical, um, STEM, the, the whole gamut. So... Yeah, again, this is a very business-friendly audience, and a lot of his talk was really about business, from business regulations to hinting at possibly looking at tax relief in 2017, but no details uh, released. So, you know, talking about education from a business framework, so that was kind of the the tone of the, the talk. Very cool. All right, so we'll look for that. I'll also look to see what kind of presence the governor has
1: at this convention, if we hear from him, if he addresses the party. I want to talk about another project that you spent time on, Kevin, uh, this week regarding uh, charter grants.
0: What, what what did you learn and what were you working on? Well, and this was an interesting little item that I picked up uh, last month when I was at the Education Writers Association Conference in, in Boston. Um, basically, the federal government has given out... Uh, really, about $1.8 billion in startup grants for charter schools across the country. And Idaho received about $21.6 million of that figure. And what's interesting, and it's not unique to Idaho, but it is still interesting, uh, a pretty fair chunk of that money went to charter schools that later went under, that later closed for a variety of reasons, financial problems, low enrollment, what have you. Uh, so the Idaho tally out of that 21.6 million that uh, the state received for charter schools at least 2.3 million well over 10% went to charter schools that that ultimately closed sure and then another charter school on top of that the hidden springs charter school which didn't close but had a lot of enrollment issues a lot of uh, a lot of concerns uh, because of low enrollment eventually got folded under the boise school district so yeah you know, Say so you factor that in. I mean, we're talking a pretty fair chunk of money that went to to charter schools that that didn't make it as charter schools. So what I did with this story is look at kind of what does that mean? How did that work? And the interesting angle of it is the state isn't even seeking these grants anymore, and it really has nothing to do with that failure rate that I'm talking about. Uh, the state believes that the, the grant process is too cumbersome and too onerous, so the state's not seeking these grants anyway. But a look at kind of where the money went and how it was used and what the success and failure rate was in Idaho. A fascinating
1: story. Really interesting for you to kind of connect the dots and follow up with where that money went and what happened to the schools. I'd encourage our listeners to go check it out. Uh, it's up at IdahoEdNews.org
0: if you want to find out a little bit more about that, particularly some of the individual schools and, and where the money Right. Went. I run down the, the seven charter schools that are no longer charter schools. They got money, how much money they got, and give you a sense of, of where this where these grant dollars went in general. So another thing that we wind up doing a lot over the course of the summer is uh, sort of following the, the churn, the turnover in superintendencies around the state. Uh, we wind up talking to new superintendents and sometimes talking to retiring superintendents. You spent some time this week talking to uh, a superintendent who's uh, been at the game for a long time and has um, you know been fairly prominent at the state level. Uh, Tell us about your your visit. Yeah, uh, our our
1: multimedia guy, Andrew Reed, and I spent some time in Middleton this week, and we interviewed uh, Superintendent Rich Bauscher. He's been leading the Middleton School District since 2001, been 15 years at that district. Uh, And I think he's been a superintendent overall for uh, 23 years, worked in Kimberly, and I want to say Marsing as well. So that's a name that a lot of folks would remember. Uh, But so Superintendent Bauscher is retiring. His last day is coming up at the end of this month, and so there's some changes coming forward with Middleton. Interestingly, his successor, the new superintendent in Middleton, his name is Middleton, so right. Josh Middleton is set to take over the Middleton School District. Uh, but it's a copy editor's nightmare. Exactly. Yeah, how are you going to work that into a headline? Um, but uh, So I spent some time... Uh, With Dr. Bousher and and with the high school principal there. And it's just kind of an interesting story. There, this community outside of Boise, kind of along the Ada County, Canyon County border there. And they've had tremendous growth, Kevin, Mm -hmm. over the past 15 years. And and there have been some community struggles. The high school burned down in 2006. mm -hmm. They had to fight to avoid displacing their students. They've had success with bond issues and supplemental levies. And so I I just talked with Dr. Boucher about his legacy, about the growth that they oversaw in Middleton, about these new, very new, uh, very attractive and well-liked schools they have in a middle school and a high school. Uh, But also with the new superintendent coming in, growth will continue to be an issue. Dr. Boucher told me about how he's met with developers who are bringing in subdivisions with 400 new homes to Middleton. So uh a, a little spoiler alert, look for the Middleton School District to run a bond issue to build a new elementary school early in the new superintendent's tenure. Uh, but you can also check that story out at idahoednews.org as well. If you want to learn a little bit more about Middleton, about Dr. Boucher's connection with the community and the, the growth and the tribulations in that district, I had fun with that story. So I hope you check it out. But before we go, we've talked about... The school year ending. We've talked about my vacation. Now I want to play Where in the World is Kevin
0: going? Yeah. You have an exciting trip coming up. You're, yeah.
1: you're kind of going on tour, Kevin. It's, What's it's up?
0: Little, well, yeah, I've got a lot of little trips uh, planned here in the next few weeks. And, and this one I've been looking forward to for a long time. My oldest son is turning uh, 26 this weekend. And uh, we're going on a road trip. We're winding up. We're going to go to Salt Lake City to see the uh, the Cure uh, you know, one of my favorite bands. It's uh, on tour, and by all accounts, they're they're doing this epic tour. Now, most of you, many folks listening to this, but right now, uh, may have already heard of the Cure concert because they wound up uh, doing a show in Boise uh, on Thursday night. Um, but we bought our Salt Lake tickets uh, well before we ever dreamed that the Cure would uh, would land in Boise along the way. But you know, the, the road trip is half the fun anyway. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to spending some time on on the on the road with my kid, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be back though on Monday. And, and music is something that is very important to you. I know a lot of Ed
1: News readers and, and podcast listeners might remember you doing the album of the day on Twitter a couple of years ago, but you regularly take time uh, to go see cool concerts throughout the region and, and to include your family. I'm just curious, what maybe in the last couple of years, what are some of the highlights, some of the absolute coolest shows that you've been able well, to see?
0: Well, uh, the Foo Fighters last summer, we saw them in the Gorge, and that's their home turf, so that was an amazing concert, and, you know, they're, they just are, you know, just a fantastic live band, and uh, and a great road trip. The Gorge is a great place to see a concert, no matter who you're singing. Uh, We'd gone there the year before to see Arcade Fire, which is one of my favorite bands, and it was just a beautiful night, uh, great weather, great music. So this one is what uh, I'm looking forward to, of, of, you know. Grew up, uh, went through college listening to a lot of Cure. So, you know, here, you know, 20 plus years later, I get to finally see him.
1: Well, very cool. I'm excited about that. I hope you have an awesome time. While you're rocking out, I will be swimming with the sharks at the Republican State Convention. We will be back next week to update you on how all of that goes. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Remind folks, you can follow us at Idaho Ed News on Twitter and read our site every day to keep up with the latest education news. We'll be back Friday with a brand new edition of the Extra Credit Podcast. In the meantime, thanks for listening. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.